The series that we're starting today, um, Do You See What I See, is obviously based on that song, which we just sang a few minutes ago. And if I could be perfectly honest with you, not one of my favorite Christmas songs. Um, for a couple of different reasons. It, first of all, it doesn't make a lot of sense. What in the world is a night wind? I don't even know what that is. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, this song is kind of an odd one. It's, it's kind of a strange and inaccurate account of what happened during the actual Christmas story that we read in Luke chapter 2, which is where we're going to be in just a moment. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and following. I mean, it, it talks a little bit about a lamb that saw a star. Now, who in the Christmas story, if you remember the story, who saw the star? Was it the, the shepherds and the sheep? No, it was the wise men who saw the star. Doesn't make any sense. It, it's kind of a goofy song. And then it goes on to say that the, la- the lamb talks to the shepherd boy, which, I mean, if you get past the idea that a lamb is talking, that's a little bit more normal because the shepherd boy would definitely be there. But um, about hearing a song, which is pretty accurate, the shepherds heard the angels singing. But then the shepherd boy, according to the song, tells the mighty king. Shepherd boy didn't tell the mighty king. Who went to the mighty king? Once again, it was the wise men who went to the mighty king. And then, of course, after you get the mighty king, the, the child suggests that, that they bring him silver and gold. And anybody know what they brought to Jesus? The, the wise men, not, not the king. Not the, um, not the uh, shepherd boy, but what the wise men brought. It was, it was uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It wasn't silver and gold. And so again, inaccuracies all over the place. Then the king tells the people everywhere to pray for peace and, and that this child will bring them goodness and light. Now again, depending on which kings they're talking about, the, the king, you know, Herod certainly didn't um, pray for peace. He actually created uh, a bunch of difficulty by basically making all of the children that were under two years old um, criminals and outlaws. And, and so it's just kind of a crazy kind of song, and it's not real accurate. But there's a line in there that we're going to f- focus on over the next three weeks. And that line is, of course, do you see what I see? And I believe that that statement, that question, is a question that deserves a look. Because what better story in the New Testament is there to, to talk about the power of our vision, the talk about, or to talk about the, the power of seeing what someone else sees? Our, our sight can be a force in driving us forward or holding us back. I mean, wouldn't it be incredible if we could see what the characters saw who were a part of the Christmas story? I mean, think about it. Mary, first and foremost, Mary saw an angel. And that angel came to her and delivered news that shattered her whole future, that, that pretty much changed, changed all of the conceptions she had about the way that her life was going to go. Then there's Joseph, who also not only saw Mary and, and had to have a conversation with her about the fact that she was now pregnant, even though they weren't married yet, um, he then saw an angel as well, and his life was completely turned upside down by seeing that angel. And then, of course, you have the shepherds who saw the angels out in the hillside, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more about them today, and the wise men who saw not an angel, but rather a star. And then you had Herod, the king, of course, who, who saw not an angel or a star, but he saw a competitor. He saw someone that had the ability to take away his throne. And so you have all of these people who were driven by what they saw and whose lives were completely changed because they saw something different. Vision is important. What we see is a lot of times what drives us. And that's why a lot of leaders, we we sometimes use this terminology that leaders are tasked with casting a what? A vision. 
Leaders have to cast a vision. They have to get people to kind of see the same thing. And so as a pastor, oftentimes in my ministry, I have wished that you could see what I see. That we could see the same vision together so that we can go forward together into that future, the preferred future, the wonderful future that God has for all of us. And so vision is a powerful thing. What we see affects who we are. And if we can learn how to see things through the eyes of another person, friends, that is one step closer for all of us to being able to work out a lot of the relationship problems that we have in life. To be able to see what another person sees and and to look at things from their perspective and to be one in what we see will draw us together when often, especially in this world we live in today, we're often drawn apart. And if we can learn to do that, I believe our lives will be infinitely better. When someone else sees what we see, then we feel like they understand us better and we can be together in in going forward. So what exactly in this story did these characters see that we're going to talk about? Well, today we're going to look at the shepherds, as I already stated. So I want you to look in your Bibles with me at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Now the first couple verses of Luke chapter 2 are all about the birth of Jesus, but this part is all about the response of the shepherds to that verse. So let me read it for you together, and let's follow along as we read the Holy Scriptures. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If I ever see an angel in a place where there's not supposed to be an angel, don't be afraid is not going to work on me. I'm still going to be afraid. Can I get a witness? Anybody going to be afraid if you see a shining being before you that wasn't supposed to be there? I think we all can agree you're going to be afraid. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So friends, in the few minutes we have left, let's talk for a moment about what exactly did the shepherds see. And quite obviously, the shepherds saw an angel, and they were terrified. I I don't know about you, but once again, if you see an angel, you're probably going to be terrified. And not just an angel. You know, if we are in a place, and we think we know what's going on, and we're accustomed to that place, and something strange happens, something out of the ordinary happens, especially in an abrupt manner, there is a tendency for us to be afraid. I can identify with this. Can you? I mean, I can identify this today, like literally in the moment, because you need to hear what happened to me this morning. 
I came into the church this morning at about 4.45 like I typically do. I get here really, really early because, well, quite frankly, I like to drink coffee and be alone for a while before church. And I got here this morning and I, I, I got here and I noticed the alarm wasn't set. And I noticed one of the doors was kind of loose like somebody could have come through it. And immediately my mind started thinking, man, is there somebody in this church? Now, if you've ever been in this church late at night, this church speaks to people. It talks to It makes noises, you know. It, it makes all kinds of crazy noises. And so I went to my office. I kept my coat on. You know, it's usually cold in here in the morning. And so I went in the kitchen to make coffee. And I started making the coffee, and I got the pot going, and I started walking back to my office. And you know what happened to me? I'm, I'm walking down the hallway by Jenny's office. All of a sudden, I hear a ka-chunk, and all of the lights go out. So I'm standing in this building, and all the lights are out, and I hear a noise that sounds like the door, the front door, opening and closing, like somebody just hit the crash bar on the front door. So I'm standing in the pitch black dark, trying to figure out, okay, did someone just leave, or did someone just come in? And I was terrified. I got to tell you, I haven't been that afraid in a long time. So I'm unzipping my coat, trying to find my phone. Which pocket did I put it in? I pulled that thing out, turned on my flashlight, and man, I'm, I'm back up to, to the corner over there, shining it down both hallways, just waiting for whoever it is to come around the corner. And finally, it occurs to me that, you know, there is a real possibility someone could be in the building. So for the first time in my life, I called 911. I'm not afraid to admit it. Go ahead, judge me if you want to. I called 911. And I told the lady on the other end of the phone, yes, I'm at the church, yes, I'm a pastor, the lights just went out, and I heard the door open and close, and I'm pretty sure someone's here to kill me. Okay, I didn't say it exactly that way, but I did express to her that I was a little nervous that someone might be in the building. And so she was kind enough to send someone by, and, and when the officer came by, immediately it became clear what happened. Um, there, it was just a snafu. The door did um, make a clicking sound, but it didn't open and close. And you know what? I survived the ordeal. But let me tell you something. When you're in familiar surroundings, like you've been a hundred times before, and you think you know what's going to happen, and you think you know you're alone, or at least that you know who's with you, and suddenly there's someone there that doesn't belong, it is terrifying. You know what I think God did in that moment for those shepherds? He used a tactic that the military sometimes uses. We call it shock and awe. Anybody ever heard that terminology? I believe sometimes our attention span is so short that for God to get our attention, he has to use kind of a shock and awe kind of tactic with us. He has to wake us up and, and kind of bring us around in such a way that, that maybe it takes fear. Maybe it takes to, to, to have us be startled for a moment. Maybe it's some news that we didn't expect to get. Maybe it's a circumstance that we didn't expect. But I guarantee you, when the shepherds got done hearing the angel talk, they were ready to listen. When they saw that angel, they were ready to hear the truth that the angel was going to deliver because God had their full attention. The angel definitely had their attention. And as he delivered his message that there was a baby that had been born in Bethlehem, and that that child was going to be special beyond anything they had ever seen or imagined. The shepherds heard that message and they saw what the angel wanted them to see. You see, sometimes it does take some pretty drastic measures 
for God to get our attention so that we can hear the message that he wants us to hear. And the shepherds were shocked, but they were ready to listen and they were ready to hear the message. And just about when they thought that their startledness was over and they were processing the words that the angel said, the truth that had been delivered to them, they saw something else. They saw what the Bible called in the older translations a multitude of the heavenly host. Doesn't that sound better than the way the modern translations say? Not a vast host, a multitude of the heavenly host. It just sounds like, you know, King James language, doesn't it? It's just a great way to say it. In other words, they, they basically saw the armies of heaven join their brother angel. And all of a sudden, there's the, the sky is filled with light and with angels and they're praising God. And they're saying, you know, glory to God in the highest and, and peace on earth to those whom God has favored. And there's just this huge light show going on in the sky. And what an amazing thing that must have been. Now, if this is a shock and awe tactic, the first part was shock. This is the awe. This is the awe part. I mean, I would imagine if, if any of us would have seen that spectacle, and man, I would have loved to have seen it for myself we would have probably been in great awe and wonder at the, at the, 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 the uh, spectacle that was going on before our eyes. So after the message was delivered, they got to see a little glimpse of what heaven is probably like with angelic beings whom we don't know the origin of. Someone was asking me the other day, do we know where angels can? We really don't know, but, but these angelic beings, their only purpose really is to do the bidding of the Heavenly Father and to give God praise forever and ever and ever. And so they got a glimpse into what heaven must be like. The angels in all their splendor doing what they exist to do to give God praise. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking this might have been the very first Christmas caroling party. What do you think? What do you think? I know that's a little flippant, but uh, we're going to have a Christmas caroling party this year. I know that sounds weird. Some of you are saying we can't do that with COVID and all that stuff, but you leave it to Melinda. Melinda will find a safe way to do just about anything. And Melinda is scheduled a, a Christmas caroling party for the Sunday night before Christmas, and I guarantee you it won't be anything. <laughs> Our singing won't be anything compared to what these angels did, but you know what? We'll make a joyful noise and hopefully brighten some people's evenings. These angels caroled to the shepherds. And as the army of angel is talking to the shepherds, the shepherds began to realize that the message that they had heard was not just a message of information. It was a message that, that was so important that all of heaven was rejoicing at the sound of the truth that they had been told. That the birth of the child in Bethlehem was not just something to say, wow, that's cool. It was something to literally rejoice about. And, and as they began to get excited and began to see this spectacle and take it in and, and get used to it, all of a sudden the angels vanish. And what a sight that must have been. And as the angels vanished, the shepherds were so impacted by the message of truth that they heard, they were inspired to go and find the baby that, and see for themselves what the angel, if what the angel said was true. And this, quite frankly, I think should be a picture of what we experience when we hear the truth of God. I mean, how many times have we been sitting in a, a church service or, or, watching a, a or listening to a podcast or watching a sermon online and, and we hear God's truth come through and, and you can tell when something is truth, can't you? If you've been in the Word, if you've been reading the Bible and somebody says something that is truth, it's like that truth kind of resonates deep down inside of you and you know all of a sudden that this is truth. And when we experience that truth, it should cause us to rejoice. 
It should cause us to want to sing praises to God. It should cause us to want to say glory to God in the highest. You know, you don't just have to say that at Christmas time. You can say that whenever you want. I got to tell you, I've had that experience when I've listened to other preachers preach. I've had that experience on some Wednesdays when we've been here and Pat Gilbert's been up here teaching and I've been, I've been like, man, that's truth. I can hear it. I know it. Glory to God for the truth that has been spoken. And when we hear that, we like the shepherds should be inspired not just to give God praise for the truth that we've heard, not just to say, wow, I'm glad I got to be a part of that, but to be inspired to actually act on it, to go out and do something because of what we heard. The, the angel came to the shepherd and said, hey, there's a baby that's been born. And the shepherd said, wow, in light of this truth, we got to do something. We're going to go into the city. We're going to search for the child. We're going to find this young mother, and we're going to worship at the feet of the Savior. And so they were inspired by what they saw, to go and to act and to find the Savior. They were inspired to go and see, to take action, to pursue that truth and to act on what they heard. And it, You know, if the shepherds would have just stayed in the field, which they could have done, they could have all just went, wow, that was cool. Man, let's go back to our campfire. It's cold out here. You know, they, they could have very easily just gone about their night. If they hadn't gone to see the, the Christ child, they never would have got to experience the miracle that Jesus was being born into a manger. And you know what? When we come to our times of worship, whether they're private or whether they're corporate, whether we're by ourselves in our prayer closet or gathered together in the church, when we go through those areas of worship and we hear the truth and we celebrate that truth, but then we don't allow that truth to move us into action, we run the risk that we might miss the blessing that God has attached to that truth. Because I believe that when God speaks to us, there's almost always something for us to do. You know, when I, I'm sitting around the house and, and I'm, uh, I'm thinking about what needs to be done in the house and I'm hanging out with my kids and, 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 you know, my kids have probably learned by now that when I say, hey, Jordan, and then have to say it eight more times because he's got his headphones on and he's on the computer, you know, or I yell for Jayla downstairs, Jayla, come here for a minute. They pretty much know that whenever I call them, it's because I have something I want them to do. You know what? I think our Heavenly Father sees us the same way. He loves to share truth with us, but when He shares His truth with us, there's almost always something for us to do. And the shepherds did it. And they went. And they got to worship at the feet of the Savior because of that. And so they went. And the last thing that they saw, of course, was the Son of God lying in a manger. Oh, what to, to, to be able to see what they saw. You know, because I'm who I am, I wonder what that moment was like. You know, I, I've been through the birth of five children. Now, I said that yesterday, and my daughter reprimanded me. She said, you didn't go through anything. And I'm like, I was there, okay? I may not have actually pushed the child out of my body. I get that, okay? That's not something God's given me the physical ability to do. And I'm kind of glad about that, honestly. But I was there for all of them. I went through that with my wife, man. I, I was there for the whole deal. And I, I'm, I'm kind of proud of this. I didn't pass out one time. Not once. I've heard of some other dads that couldn't take it and they just, 
right on the floor. The key for me was focus on her head, focus on her face, just keep, you know, pay attention to the face. And as long as I was looking into her eyes and trying to do what she needed me to do at the time, I was good. But, you know, I've been through that whole process, and, and I know that it's not a very clean process. And, and mom, when she's done giving birth, looks exhausted, worn out, and, and not necessarily the best right away. I'm just going to say that. So in my own mind, I'm thinking to myself, when these shepherds show up at the birth, what must Mary have thought? <laughs> Why are you here, maybe? <laughs> Can you give me a minute, maybe? You know, I mean, what happened in that moment? Did the shepherds come in and angels sang and everybody was like, great, and Jesus had a little halo, kind of like all of the nativity scenes you see? I think not. I think probably that scene in the stable was utter chaos. Even the book that I read this morning, I don't think that captures it. I don't think a baby lamb came up and curled up beside Jesus. It's a great thought to think about, and it makes a great children's story. But I think if there were sheep in the barn, they were causing havoc. Anybody ever seen a sheep? They climb on people. People do yoga with sheep jumping all over them. It's the craziest thing you ever saw. If there were wild animals in that barn, then I guarantee you it was chaos. What an incredibly unholy, unreverent, night that must have been and yet yet the shepherds came away from that night declaring to everybody that they saw what they had seen and what the angel had said why because of what they saw they saw a child laying in a manger with a mother who loved him beside him and a father who they didn't probably even know wasn't even the father Standing beside his wife, protecting her, taking care of her, making sure that every need was met. He saw the child that the angels had talked about, a child that would help all the world to see things differently. They couldn't have possibly known that God would wish from that point forward that every single one of us could see the world that's God's one wish for us, I believe, that we would see it as he sees it. From that moment forward, Jesus began to impact the world in ways that only God really knows, but that we've all been the recipients of the blessings that he brought into this world. What an incredible night that must have been. Laying in a manger, in a barn, as the shepherds went away, they were so impacted by the sight that they saw, they bore witness of what they saw to everybody that they met. Now, imagine this, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the town of Bethlehem, which is bustling because of all of the, the people that are there to be counted and all the taxes that are being collected. As the shepherds go back to their fields to watch their flocks, every person they ran into, hey, you're not going to believe what happened to us tonight. We saw angels. You want to have some fun tonight? Go downtown Battle Creek or wherever you live and run around and tell everybody you just saw a bunch of angels and watch their response. You can have some fun with that. Now, you'd be lying probably, so don't, you know, be careful. Can you imagine the reactions people must have had to them? I just saw an angel, and then we went and saw this baby that was actually born in a barn. You know how parents are always saying, were you born in a barn? We saw a child that actually was. I would imagine people thought, man, if, if you saw a kid that was born in a barn, they must have been from the wrong side of the tracks. Their family must be really, really poor if that's the best they could do. 
I mean, I can't imagine what people must have thought of what they were saying. And as they bore witness to what they saw, it must have been extremely difficult for everyone else that they talked to to really imagine what they'd been through. And, and I'm here to tell you that oftentimes that's the same situation for us. Frequently, when we go out and we share what we've seen and what we've heard and, and what God has shown us and the truth that we've lived through and the experiences we've been in our lives, when we bear witness to what God has brought us through, sometimes it's extremely difficult for people to believe us because the stories we tell sound like craziness. You ever had somebody tell you a story that you almost couldn't believe? I, I've had a lady, I, I visited a lady years ago in one of the churches I served who believed that there was a little boy, an angel that used to visit her on a regular basis. And when I got done visiting her, all the people at the church that found out I visited her came to see me and said, so what did you think of her stories? First thing I thought was you could have warned me right that she was going to tell me about this angel that she had a one you know had a regular conversation with and, and you know my first thought was man there's something just not right up here but as i listened to her tell that same story over and over and over again and i began to see life through her eyes to see what she saw i started to believe her now, I don't know if the story was true. I don't know if God sent an angel to her, but you know what I believe? I believe that God has the ability, and he certainly has the compassion, and maybe, just maybe, she needed to see what she saw so that she could become who God needed her to be. One of us have a story like that, something that's unbelievable to everyone else. You know what? Our job is not to convince them that it's true. Our job is simply to tell our story. And if we can do that, if we can help others to see what we see so that they can hear the voice of God that we hear and know the truth that we know, just like the song says, so that the child of Christmas, the, the Christ child, can bring us goodness and life. I believe that's what God wants from us. God wants the whole world to be able to see the world around them like Jesus saw. And that begins when you and I share our story like the shepherds did with everyone that we meet so that the world can see him as we see him and they can come to know the goodness and light of a Savior sent by God to show compassion on this world. Pray with me and we'll close. Our Father, I come before you today and I, I thank you for the Christmas story. There is no greater story in my mind to talk about what you have done for humanity. Lord, we don't see things the way that they are a lot of times. We need your help. Our vision when it comes to spiritual things is not 2020, and, and we believe that Jesus came to this earth so that we could better see the world through your eyes, so we could see what you see. I pray today that, that you would help us to experience what the shepherds experienced, that we might regularly experience the truth that comes when we see the world through your eyes, and that we might rejoice when you speak to us in that way, because it's an amazing thing when we're able to hear from you. Lord, I, I pray that when that happens, that you would inspire us to act on what we've seen and to share the good news of what we've seen to other people, just as the shepherds did, so that you can work in them to help them to see what you see, hear what you or what we have heard, and to experience the truth that we have come to know through the experiences we have with you. 
Father, more than anything, we pray that, that through this series and the next three weeks, as we, as we plan to celebrate Christmas and, and as we do so under some very difficult circumstances, I pray that you would help us to focus our attention on what it is that you want us to see this holiday season. Because, Father, if we can see the world through your eyes, you see so much more than we do. Open our eyes to all that is there. See the world as you see it. Next week, we hope to be back in the 9.30 time slot if everything goes well and we don't lose power again. And I pray that I am never found in this church by myself in, in the pitch black without power ever again because it was terrifying. I'm just going to say that. We hope that you will start watching or continue to watch Facebook and, and your email as we plan some more things for the Christmas season. We will be having a come and go communion on uh, Christmas Eve, probably late in the afternoon into the early evening. And there will also be another service that we're planning that you'll have more details about in the days to come. So thank you for joining us. Don't forget about Pat's prayer service on Wednesday. And we look forward to seeing you next time.